Welcome to the Doodle Kisses podcast, an extension of doodlekisses.com. I'm your host, Adina Pearson. Doodlekisses.com is the social network for Labradoodle and Golden Doodle owners, wannabe owners, and the Doodle Curious. The goal of this podcast is to provide education, entertainment, and connect with our Doodle Kisses members on the topic of Labradoodles, Golden Doodles, and dogs in general. And we want the message and the education that we provide to reach others, even outside the doodlekisses.com community. This is our fourth episode so far, and we have a lot more scheduled. We've got interviews scheduled, and we've got emails out for future interviews to schedule. However, to make this happen, this podcast needs your support. You can support us in a few ways. My favorite way because it goes the farthest, the soonest, is to check out our GoFundMe page and make a donation. There will be a link in our show notes for this. No amount is too little. If you are enjoying these podcasts and you want to see them continue with new and interesting topics and guests, please throw us a tip. Think of it as going to a restaurant and having good service and giving a tip. It doesn't have to be a big donation. Number two, when you buy from Amazon.com, if you go through our Doodle Kisses link, which is Amazon.DoodleKisses.com, Doodle Kisses will make a small commission from what you buy. It won't cost you a penny. Um, You're just shopping at Amazon like usual, but going through Amazon.DoodleKisses.com first will give us um, a small commission that will help us pay for the production of this podcast. Number three, give us a positive review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use if it has a review option. This costs nothing and reviews help more people find our podcast and then we can reach more people. Number four, if you have a business that has products or services that are available to most people in North America and pertinent to dog owners, consider advertising with our podcast. Uh, We're still new, so we don't have the reach that some of the bigger podcasts do yet, but perhaps in the future. You can send me an email at admin at doodlekisses.com. Okay, so now I want to get to the topic of today's show. Today, I'm bringing you my chat with Doodle Kisses member Jane with her doodles, Guinness and Murphy. We learn about the really unusual wedding gift she and her husband received on their wedding. Probably something that's not a great idea to buy someone as a wedding gift, but it worked out for them. And you'll learn about her journey into the world of doodles. Her first doodle... Guinness was the doodle poster child for perfect Labradoodle. It's what most people think of when they think of like the epitome of a Labradoodle, the the marketing of a Labradoodle as being this easy to train, perfect dog. But her second Labradoodle challenged everything she knew about dogs. He has been a very challenging dog who she loves with all her heart. And I just have to say, I'm so impressed with Jane. I know a lot more about her than we discussed on this episode, but her ability to look at a difficult situation, accept that it is what it is, and not stress about handling it is amazing. She has a take care of business attitude, and it's a positive attitude. And and all of this really helped save her second doodle and give him a loving home and And I I think you'll enjoy this episode. So check it out. I'm so excited that I get to chat with Jane right now. Jane has been a part of Doodle Kisses for a long time with her doodles, Murphy and Guinness. Do you remember when you first joined? 
I do. I first joined right after we got Guinness. And the reason I joined was because my breeder, my wonderful Guinness breeder, told me about doodle kisses. Oh, cool. And since I had never had a doodle before, um, she said, you just, you need to go to this community and you'll get all the answers you need. And she was right. (laughs) I'm so glad she sent you to us. How long ago was that? That was 10 years ago. So really early on. Yeah, that was 10 years ago. It was really early in the, in the days of doodle kisses. That was about a year in because we started in spring of 08. Yep. Wow. And now I've actually met Jane. We met in Florida and we traveled to the Bahamas. Was it the Bahamas? Yep. (laughs) We traveled in that area Um, because how many, and how many years ago was that? My kids were three and almost one, I think, which is six years ago, something like that. Six, seven. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cruise. The first cruise. The first doodle cruise. And I don't remember who started it, but somehow some members from Doodle Kisses decided, okay, we need to get our Doodle Kisses friends together for a cruise. And that was the first one. So my husband and I joined. And how many people were there? Oh my gosh. We were a big group. We were probably 20. 20 people from Doodle Kisses, which I thought was pretty exciting. And no, we didn't have our doodles with us because the cruise boats don't allow that. It was probably better. (laughs) We wouldn't have gotten to do half the things we got to do with dogs on board. Although I can imagine a cruise that allows dogs would be pretty cool too. Um, The whole potty situation might be challenging, but you'd have to have a potty crew. (laughs) That'd be quite the job to have. I'm a potty crew member of of the doggy Disney cruise. And now you guys are still, I, we don't go because, you know, yep. we have kids and a lot yep. of the people there are, that went were retired or yep. otherwise yep. didn't have children. So you guys are still meeting, right? Yes, we are. It's, it's, every November is a different trip. And lately it's been um, a lot of um, inclusive resorts. Now we have not been in two years because the last one we went to, which was two years ago, um, Dave, my husband, got, got sick in Mexico, ended up in the Mexican emergency room. Ah! And that kind of soured us a little bit on, on going, going to Mexico. But um, if there was ever another cruise, which I'm sure there probably would be, we would probably be doing that. I feel like somebody's going. Like there's some people talking about Oh, every about November, something. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's coming up, right? It's, it's, a, it's an all-inclusive. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and it's most of the same group. Yeah, that's so yeah. cool. So if you want to hang out with Doodle people, yeah. join Doodle Kisses and we'll hook you up with the right people to go next year because I think you yeah. have to plan like a year in advance to, to get yep. these things. We do, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we're going to go backwards in time and I want to hear from you about your history with dogs. Did you have dogs growing up or is this something that you kind of acquired a, a love of dogs as an adult? Nope. We, I grew up with a dog. We had I grew up with two different boxers, and so I always loved dogs. And um, actually, we got we got our first dog together as when we were married as a wedding gift. It was in it was an um, Irish Setter puppy. Wow! And our friends brought the puppy to the wedding <laughs> as a surprise. Um, so he, she, that was, that was our first dog. That was Clancy. And then we had a a golden retriever, a yellow lab, a Dalmatian, all while the girls, our daughters were growing up, 
we had a lot of land. So we had dogs and cats and bunnies and, um, and, um, always, always a house full of animals. Oh, I love it. So, okay. Back to Clancy, you just got married and you had no idea that your friends were bringing you a puppy, (laughs) right? Did they offer to puppy sit while you went on your honeymoon? (laughs) (laughs) No, actually we didn't go on a honeymoon. (laughs) I see. (laughs) At that point in time. So, um, we, yeah, we did later, but, um, we came home from the wedding with our puppy and most of the night. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite the, like, congratulations. Yeah, here's your puppy. Yeah. But I wanted an Irish setter in the worst way. Did you? They're yeah. so beautiful. They're so beautiful. Dogs. How, how was yours? Was yours crazy or? Crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Beautiful, but, but crazy. Lived a long time. Um, full of energy, a, a, a kind of a challenge. But again, we had so much land at that point that, um, it was just easy because they, the dogs just went out. They, mm-hmm. We opened the door and they'd go out and, you know, run in the woods and come home when they were hungry. And <laughs> it was a whole different, whole different thing. Right. It was like kids back then. Send the kids yeah. out for the day <laughs> in the woods and come back right. when you're hungry. Come back when you're hungry. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. I've only met one Irish center, I think, and it was at the beach when I was there with my husband and, and our dogs at the time. And he was just bouncing and bouncing yeah. and I asked how old he was and he was seven which is yeah. like oh, yeah. he was basically like a three-month-old puppy at the age of seven okay yeah. so now we're going to fast forward how did you end up with Guinness he was your first doodle he right was. what happened was after um after our Dalmatian died um we the girls were grown and gone and um we said well we're just about ready to retire and um no, we're not going to get any more dogs because we want to travel. So, so we, we went maybe, maybe a year and I missed so much having a dog. And so did, so did Dave, so did my husband. And, and so I was talking to my daughter one day and she said, um, I said, you know, honey, I really, really miss a dog. And I said, but I hate the thought of going back to vacuuming three times a day because there's dog hair everywhere because we had shedding dogs all those years. And she said, well, I just heard about this new breed of dog called the Labradoodle, and I don't think they shed. And I said, really? So I started doing some research and and learned as much as I could about them. And then um, we decided, yeah, we're going to do this. So I went online to try to look for a puppy. And I, I went online and I saw a picture of, of this most adorable little doodle puppy. It was an ALD. It was Guinness, a mini. And so for and those, so, for those mm-hmm. not familiar, ALD is what? Australian Labradoodle. So I, um, I called and it was a breeder in Vermont and I'm in Connecticut. And um, she said, um, I, I said, I just saw this puppy. Is he still available? And she said, oh, my goodness, I just put him online. She said that um, breeding, that, that litter was all spoken, spoken for, but this was supposed to go to a little girl. This puppy was supposed to go to a little girl who has gotten very, very ill, and her parents can't take him. So she said, I just posted him. So I said, well, I think I'm in love with him. Um, <clears throat> can we come and get him? <laughs> and she said, well, I have a lot of questions for you. 
So we went through that process. We drove to Vermont that weekend, and oh my God, we they lived on a farm, and we pulled in, and um, there was a little girl, and she was about six. She was the daughter of the breeder, and out she comes carrying this little ball of fluff, Aww. and um, that was it. I was you're done. I was done. <laughs> You would have paid $5 million for that dog at that point. <laughs> so we brought him home, and um, he was my easy, he has been my easy, easy, easy dog. Just smart as a whip and really affectionate and um, trained so fast. He was, he got his, first he got his CTC, and then he, he got his therapy dog certification when he was just over a year. So he was, he was a breeze. He, yeah. And he still is. Wow. So when you said that the breeder said, I have a lot of questions for you, did she really ask, like, did it seem oh, like yes. she was very careful about where her dogs went? Oh, she was very careful about where her dogs were going to go. She asked a lot of questions. She wanted to be sure that there was, he was still going to have exposure to children. Mm-hmm. And I explained that we had all these grandkids who were in the house all the time. And she said that made her feel much better because she knew how, how much he loved being with children. So she oh. wanted to make sure he wasn't going to go to a, a, a home with just two older people who, who didn't give him that exposure. And then when I told her I would, I would definitely um, have him certified as a therapy dog. She loved that idea too. And um, she taught me a lot. She taught me how to groom him. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, that day, yeah. She, um, and like I said, and she hooked me up with, with doodle kisses. Mm-hmm. Now, the sad thing is she's not a breeder anymore. She went up, she stopped. She stopped doing it. It may have gotten too much for her, but um, but she was good. She was very yeah. good. And you got to see her home. And did you get to meet yep. any dogs that I got her? We got to meet the mom. And, um, and his father was a therapy dog in Boston working with a psychiatrist. Oh, neat. Yeah, he worked in a psychiatrist's office, actually. Yeah. So, you know, we knew the background of the, of the parents and saw the mom, and she was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So if, if I can ask now that this breeder isn't breeding anymore, I don't feel like I'm advertising someone I don't know anything about. Who was the breeder? You know, I don't think she would be comfortable okay. with me. That's fine. She, 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 um, she stopped breeding, and she took all of her literature off of everywhere. Okay. So that kind of gave me the signal that she probably... <laughs> didn't want to have people contacting her. Okay. I don't remember who it is. You'll have to tell me later because I'm curious who it was. Yeah. I'm sure I knew of, of that place back, you know, in that time. But anyway, she was, it was a really small, she, I don't think she did many, many litters. Mm -hmm. She did one after, after Guinness that I know of because my nephew got a puppy from that litter. Mm -hmm. Um, she, it's not like she was really, doing a lot of it she yeah. she only did one or maybe one a year that's I, I hate that I hear about these breeders after the fact and then oh they're done <laughs> like right. my interview with April Cliver years yeah. after she quit breeding golden doodles yep. and and she did such a wonderful job so, okay so you had Guinness he was like yep. the the perfect um Australian yep. labradoodle ambassador yep. and and for those of you who might be new, Australian Labradoodle is different from the American Labradoodle or the general Labradoodle and that the American or the general Labradoodle refers, can refer to a lot of things, but it refers to like that first or second generation cross between a lab and a poodle, whereas the Australian Labradoodle comes from a program started in Australia and 
it's not a pure breed yet, but it has more generations into it. And I think there's some Cocker Spaniel mixed in and possibly yep. other breeds that were infused. So they're usually like thicker coated, don't look very much like a Labrador, maybe more like a poodle depending on, you know, the coat that you get. But they're slightly different than, than just a lab poodle cross. And Guinness looks a lot like a, a, a cockapoo because this breeder bred him back to, bred, bred the generation, two generations before him back to a cockapoo mm. because she wanted size. She wanted that size. Yeah. And I think that is probably one of the reasons they're a little more um, bigger boned for a small dog than, yeah. than a miniature poodle. Yep. Okay. So... You had Guinness, this perfect, wonderful dog, and then somehow you ended up with Murphy. How, how old was Guinness? And Guinness is a small dog, right? How big yeah, is it? Yeah, Guinness is 22 pounds. Tiny dog. And then at, how old was Guinness when you even considered bringing another dog into your house? He was just short of a year, and I, I, we wanted him to have another dog because he loved dogs and loved playing them. And so... I applied for, um, I think it was actually a cockapoo. It was a small poodle mix in a local breeder here. I mean, mm -hmm. not a local breeder, a local rescue. And, um, you know, I went on the list and they, I filled out the application and they led me to believe that I was going to get this little dog. And at the end they said, no, they, they had adopted her out to someone else. So I was kind of disappointed. And um, so all of my my Dudekus's friends were aware of it, so they. It was a Friday night. I'll never forget it. <laughs> and I got a call, and it was from Karen and Jackie, and they said um, we have this little ten week old ALD puppy um, that was just um, relinquished by owners. And, and I said, 10 weeks. And they're, they're like, yes, the, apparently the mom, they got it as for the family. The mom had a severe allergy reaction right from the day they got him. So they, they gave him to rescue. They, they decided they couldn't keep him. And so I said, well, <laughs> sure, but, you know, is, is it a mini? And, and they're like, well, we're not sure, but we know it's not a mini, but we think it's a medium. And I said, well, I you know, we're in a, we're in a condo, so I guess we could do deal with a medium, but I said, as long as it's not a standard and they said, well, we don't think it is. We don't think it is. And I said, you know, but they're like, you know how it is with doodles. You can never be a hundred percent positive. It's like, okay. But as long as you think in the vet thinks it's a medium, that's fine. So I said, well, what's his name? And they said, Murphy. And I said, okay, done. <laughs> Guinness and Murphy, it just seemed perfect. So, yeah, that was a Friday night. I think it was Sunday. We got in the car and headed to New Jersey and and brought um, brought Murphy home. And it was all a beautiful love story. Nope, <laughs> <laughs> not quite. He was he was a little different than than Guinness from from day one. And how, how did he seem different him. as a puppy, even? Yeah, I remember we we picked him up, brought him home, and I made a vet appointment right away because I just wanted him to be thoroughly checked. And um, he, while he was on the examining table, he bit the vet, and then he bit me. And it wow. wasn't like a puppy nip. It was a bite. 
And the vet said to me, um, Jane, you need a trainer now. Wow. I said, but he's, I said, but he's 10 weeks. And she said, now you need a trainer now. And, um, of course, I, I, at that point, I was thinking, well, I trained Guinness. This is a piece of cake. That's no problem. I can train this dog. Um, but it was very different. He was very different. He is very different. Um, so that's kind of where it all started. But, you know, I have to say, I, I was in love with this dog, too, from the day I, from the day I saw him. He, he is so so adorable um he's beautiful he's a gorgeous white big dog he's a beautiful big 72 pound (laughs) mini (laughs) Mini, right yeah yeah so um you know we started down that road of um of what do we what do we do for murphy you know how do we how do we get murphy to a point where he can um he can live in our house and live in this world and, and um, not do something that's going to get him taken away from me. That was always my biggest, biggest worry is that he would bite someone and then it would be out of my hands and I would lose my big boy. So, um, so that's was our motivation for all the training that we had to do and all the behavior therapy that we had to do with him. But it's been a journey, but it's been worth every single minute of it. Yeah. Well, so when the veterinarian said, you need a trainer now, and yep. you, you left thinking, oh, well, yeah, I've trained dogs. I can right. do that. How, yep. When did you hit the realization like, whoa, this dog doesn't need just a little bit of obedience training. There's more to him. There's more going on here. This is going to be a bigger job than I anticipated. I think that realization came... I mean, I knew he was challenging, but that realization came the day, and I'll, I'll never forget this. Um, I was walking him on a um, on a bike path, and it was it was I had been working with him a lot, and so he knew all the commands. He knew heel. I could get him undistracted. He would. He was in a beautiful heel. He he knew all the commands, and um, and that day. A, a bicyclist passed us and it freaked him out so badly that that he was like in another state of mind and he dragged me um down this concrete path and I was thank god I was able to keep him from getting to the biker but um I was all like cut up and bleeding <laughs> and, oh um that's scary. And that's when I knew that things had to change and, and that we needed more than just your normal kind of obedience training because he got a CGC. Yeah. He, had, he had a CGC. He, he was, there were things that just would trigger him and then he would just go off and no amount of correction. It was like he was in another world. So no amount of correction seemed to work. And, um, and that's when we realized that we needed a different kind of trainer, a different kind of training. We needed a behaviorist. How um, old was he? How old was he at that point? He, that was when we started the full-blown. We started with Ben. 
um, our trainer, the trainer that was that worked with us for years, in in two thousand and late two thousand and eleven, and then we went to with we started with a behaviorist as well in two thousand and twelve. Um, so that he was young; he wasn't even two yet. Um, but but it was a whole different kind of training than than just normal obedience training. I mean we we had to we had to control his world in the house he had gotten to the point where i didn't trust him with our son anymore i didn't trust him with the grandchildren anymore um he he bit dave my mm -hmm. husband wow um so it, it 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 was a it was a drastic training that we mm -hmm. that we did it was and it was not really correction training it was it was more about um owning all the resources. He had no resources in this house. He didn't own anything. I owned everything. Um, Can you give us an example of what that, what, what does that mean sure. to control the resources? Um, food, food was, um, I controlled completely. So I would put the food down and I would wait until I was comfortable and then tell him he can eat. He would mm -hmm. never, he knew he doesn't go near a bowl of food. He doesn't go near any food at all until I tell him it's okay to go to that food. The toys, all the toys had to go. Everything had to go. And that we had, to, it had to go for both dogs, including Guinness, because you couldn't, I couldn't have them in the house. And, and in order to play with a ball, I would get the ball out and I would control that. So I would throw it to each of them and, and that's how we could play. But we, there, there couldn't be just toys around the house. Um, things that are still really, I mean, we just, like, he, he's never allowed on the stairs, for example. Well, neither of them are. I'm never allowed on the stairs. We have a, a two-story house. Our bedrooms are all upstairs. He's never, they're never allowed on the stairs when I'm on the stairs. They, they would never think of, like, going up or down the stairs until I've gotten up or down the stairs. They wait until I say, okay, you can come. Mm -hmm. um, just everything in their life. There was, there's no furniture. There's no bed unless I invite them. And I never invite them on the furniture. I will sometimes invite, invite Murphy on the bed, but never when Dave's there or um, never at night, never mm -hmm. when we're sleeping, just sometimes for cuddle, I'll invite him up. Um, and he, again, he would never think of getting up unless he was invited. Um, um, it's, it's a whole mindset. It's a, it's, it's, um, it's, it's hard to really explain, but I had to get to, even affection. I had to get to the point where for a while there was no affection. I, I didn't pet him. Um, and we worked our way up to that, worked our way little by little by little, because that's a resource. My affection is a resource. Um, and he was guarding me. He would guard me. You know, he would, he would, he would, I would be in the bedroom, for example, on the computer. And Tim, our son, would, would come into the bedroom to talk to me. And Murphy would, would back him up. Murphy would just go back him right up and sometimes growl. Mm -hmm. Um so I could never trust Murphy alone with, with, with my son. So like at night we gated him in our room in case of our, in case our son got up, I couldn't trust that he would, he would be able to interact with him. And he's still gated at night just, just because I'm not a hundred percent comfortable, but we've come so far that 
you know, the behaviorist had us, Timmy fed him for a while and Timmy gave him treats for a while. And that helped us through it. That was a whole process too. There was a whole process we went through with the grandkids, Mm -hmm. um, with the trainer here in the house. The kids had to be trained. Murphy had to be trained. Both of them had to be trained. Yeah. That sounds like such an intense level of hypervigilance, you know, like a lot of stress for sure. It sounds that way, but it, you know, I think it's just, it's, it never, it doesn't feel that way. Uh huh. I always felt, and a lot of it was because of my trainer who went through all of this with us. And he always made me feel that this was doable mm-hmm. and, and that Murphy was such a good dog that he needed to be saved, that he was doing all this pushy, um, aggressive behavior because he himself was, was feeling, um, had a lot of internal concerns, had a lot of internal stresses. Yeah. He was, he was not a confident dog. So he would get, like with, with me, he felt like he, he was so un, unsure of himself. He felt he like really, really needed me. And that, that was too much. I had to convince him he didn't really, really need me. So it's not the relationship I ever really hoped to have. You hope to have a cuddly dog that goes everywhere with you. And it's just, especially one that looks like he does. <laughs> but that's, that was not meant to be. That was not meant to be. Murphy goes to no soccer games. We walk him twice a day. He gets long walks twice a day. Um, but we're very careful where we walk him. Very careful. We take him in the car. We don't walk him in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we were at the beginning with the behaviorist, he d- we tried medication. And that was important. It was only six weeks. But it was an important component of his whole therapy because we did that while we were changing his whole world. And it helped. And exercise helped. I mean, we treadmilled him every day. He went to daycare twice a week. At that point, the behaviorist wanted him in daycare twice a week. He was great with dogs in daycare. He was Mm -hmm. wonderful. He loved it. He played not so great with dogs on a leash. That's a whole different story. That's a whole different challenge. But yeah, so there were a lot of components to this whole process. I think this says so much about you, Jane, and your character and your ability to like reframe things. I really do because just the fact that you said, okay, it's not that stressful. It sounds like you just are really matter of fact, like this is the dog I love and this is what he needs. So because he needs this, I give him what he needs and that's just how it works. And there are no other options. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. I love it. Exactly right. That's yeah. Exactly right. yeah, that's not necessarily possible for all people. Um, you know, if he had ended up, let's say that his owner wasn't allergic, but there were little kids in the house mm-hmm. and his owner was a more anxious person. Just they could have for them, it could have been like 12 plus years of just living in constant stress, worrying about what's going to happen next. Right. Well, you know. everything kind of aligned for us too. We found, and you, you, you were a big help at the beginning. And when we were first in the obedience training phases of it, you were a big help. You, you gave us a lot of great um, insight, but then when we got Ben, he was so supportive and he just understood this dog. He just got him. 
Mm-hmm. And and they had a great bond. And they used to go rollerblading together. Ben would rollerblade and, and Murphy would just run by his side. I remember that. I remember yeah. you writing about that. Yep. And so we had a wonderful vet. We we you know, we had doodle kisses. All certainly all of our doodle kisses friends. I don't know how I would have ever <laughs> managed if I couldn't have vented every now and then you know, and Karen and, and every, everyone, there was like, there was way too many to name. We're always there with just words of encouragement. And I think everybody kind of fell in love with Murphy. So that was, it, it, you know, it takes a village and he had a village. He still does really. Yeah. So tell me, okay. So we know Murphy was tough in all these ways. Tell me like the awesome parts about Murphy. (laughs) What are his quirks that you love? Here's here's my husband reminded me earlier of this story because it happened a couple weeks ago. He's with all of this. He's really really sweet. He's he's got a sweet heart. Dave was taking him out. It was late. It was after dark, and 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 Dave was taking him out before going to bed. And so he had him on the leash. He was just taking him out to pee in the backyard. And Murphy took off and actually snapped the leash right in half. Oh. He, he took off so hard. He broke the leash right in half. And Dave looked, and it, and he, when he looked up, he saw he had a bunny. He had caught a bunny. And he had the bunny in his mouth. And he just didn't know what to do with it. He was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this, this is real. It's not one of the toys. I finally and, got one. <laughs> and he gently placed it down on the ground and came and run into Dave. Like, oh. And I thought that was, like, so sweet. That was just, that's who we, that's how kind of who he is. Yeah. Now that we've, you know, now that we've done all that we, all of our training and and desensitization and all of that with the grandkids, he's very good with them now. Mm -hmm. As long as we control the noise and the chaos that he's very good with them and they love him. Mm -hmm. But if they're all here and they know if they get loud, then I'm going to put Murphy up in the bedroom, gate him. I don't close the door ever. I just put a gate so he can see everything but he's happier that way he doesn't like he doesn't like running or noise or that makes him nervous it makes him apprehensive mm-hmm. so if there's any of that then he just he just goes he can watch it but he doesn't have to be in the middle of it yeah i think there's some people probably out there like murphy who are <laughs> have good hearts but then there's triggers <laughs> that makes them that make life yeah. difficult yeah Okay, so if we were to look back on, you know, the lessons from Murphy, I've got a couple lessons just in general, not necessarily particular to him. But like one, if you have dog allergies, doodles may not be the right thing for you because depending on the kind, the severity of your allergy and the dander and protein in that dog, you may be allergic to a poodle even. So you really have to think carefully about whether or not to get any kind of oodle mix because you may still be allergic to even an Australian Labradoodle. Yep. And he does not shed at at all. Oh, so that's amazing, right? Like a non-shedding dog. Yep. And someone still had allergies because the the allergy of most people is to a certain protein that's found in dog dander and dog saliva. And who knows, there might be some other, you know, more than one. I'm not an allergy expert by any means, but yeah, I had a coworker years ago who was allergic to a poodle 
she just would break out in hives. And it's not because the poodle shed, because the poodles don't shed at all, um, but just because of the type of allergy that they had. The other lesson I think to keep in mind is that even though you may meet doodles that are like Guinness, who are just sweet and easy to train and cuddly yeah. and perfect in every way, because doodles are not a pure breed and because, I mean, even within pure breeds, you've there's probably more dog bites from Labradors who are good dogs in general, just because there's so many of them. Um, anytime a breed is popular, there's going to be a lot of people breeding the dogs. And because they're a mix, there's that component too. So you're getting kind of a box of chocolates with any litter. You don't yep. know for sure if every puppy in that litter is going to be the sweet Guinness. Yep. Um, so really, you know, keep your, and, and with rescue, you can end up with a dog like Murphy, or you can end up with a dog like my Boca, who's other than getting super wound up when she sees dogs, totally non-aggressive and a sweetheart yep. <laughs> every way. Yep. Um, yep. So realizing that dogs are dogs and just like, you know, you can't have 12 children and have them all be perfect in every way yep. or like one parent with a litter of puppies, yep. you're going to get a mixed bag. And that's not the end of the world, but just go into doodles knowing that and, and working with a reputable breeder whose parents you know something about and possibly can meet so that you know you're starting off with some healthy dogs with good temperaments increases your chances that whatever puppy you're going to get is going to have a good temperament and be healthy. Yep. Is there anything else that you think doodle owners need to know? Any lessons that you've learned that you feel like, hey, if I could just spread this word to more people? Well, you know, you know my passion is training. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a Guinness or a Murphy, I think it's really important. I think it, it creates a special bond between, between you and the dog. I think it makes the dog's life better in a lot of ways. I think they like, they like it. <laughs> they like doing training. They like being rewarded for doing what you want them to do. And mm -hmm. um, Guinness loves it. I mean, Guinness just loves it, has always loved it. And, and in his own way, so does Murphy because it's right. attention. Yeah. It's attention and, it's, and it's, it's putting the dog in a position where they can be winners. And um, so I'm, I, that, that would be the only thing is I'm such a total – advocate of training train your dog yeah train and that's, your dog and it's not about the sit or the stay it's about nope. that that practice and the working yep. together and that relationship and being able to trust yep. that you've got their back and you're in charge yep. um and yeah they and, want that they need yeah. that and whether it's, you know, whether you have a regular labradoodle from a lab or in a poodle or an Australian labradoodle all of those come from working dog breeds you know, yep. Cocker Spaniels have, were bred to do a job too. And so it's in their blood to want to have a job and a purpose and, and accomplish things. And whether that's like tricks that you want to practice with, or you want to work toward a CGC like Murphy has, which is canine good citizen, yep. which I want to say is not that hard to get. If you think right. about the challenges that Murphy had and his yep. potential reactivity, he got his canine good citizen. Yep. It's worth it's worth going for. Or if you want to do advanced obedience or rally or something else, you know, have fun with it. Um, okay, so before we go, who do you think should be a guest on our podcast in the future or what topic would you like to see us to cover? As I think about like what 
some of the, the issues are with doodles. Allergies are huge and all kinds of different allergies. I don't know if you could ever find a vet who would be willing, and it would probably have to be a specialist, right? who would be willing to do this. But if you, if you go, well, you know, because you see every one of the posts, but even myself, I make sure I go on to doodle because it's a few times a week. You're always reading about allergy issues. In oh. dogs, you mean dog allergies. Not dog allergies. Mm-hmm. Dog allergies, right. Skin allergies, atopic in dermatitis. Food. Yeah, it, it, and I think there's a lot of misinformation. Food allergies is a biggie. I think a lot of people assume their dog has a food allergy, and yeah. oftentimes it's, it's not at all a food allergy. Yeah. And a lot has changed in the way allergies are being treated. I, both of my dogs have allergies. Murphy has them really bad, but there's new medications now that are wonderful. Um, it'd probably be a challenge to find somebody that wants to do that, but if you think, <laughs> I think it would be super helpful. Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep searching for the right allergy specialist or dermatologist for sure. And with food, I mean, the world is crazy when it comes to food and people. Yep. So no wonder that the world is a little bit crazy when it comes to food and dogs. So yep. anyway, Jane, thank you so much for being here today. It was a pleasure to speak with you. And I hope that other doodle owners can get something from, from our conversation and learning about kind of what you went through with your dogs and the importance of training. Yep, yep. And not giving up. Yeah, t- definitely. <laughs> Stick to it. Persevere. There you go. They need us. Okay. Right, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Doodle Kisses podcast. If you have any ideas or recommendations for future topics or guests, send me an email at admin at doodlekisses.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at doodlekisses.com. Also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts so you can have every episode ready to listen to as soon as it comes out. The show notes will link you to our GoFundMe page as well as links to some of the things we discussed in today's episode. Talk to you next time on the next episode of the Doodle Kisses podcast.